not able to be with us this morning, just raise your hand, no condemnation, you just weren't able to be here. Well, I would suggest to you to go ahead and get this morning's CD, or you can download it on iTunes, because we're talking about, and the word of the Lord all day long to us today is, our homeland benefits. Our homeland benefits. And we stated earlier this morning that... uh, Philippi was a region where Paul was addressing a word to them. And Philippi was a colony of Rome under the lands and under the customs of Rome. And they were very, very uh, blessed to have the benefits of Rome still in their lives, right in their colony of Philippi. Even though they were a long way away, they take great comfort and great joy knowing that their citizenship was not Philippi, but it literally was Rome. And in Philippians 3.20, the Bible says, for our citizenship, literally, the word conversation is citizenship. For our citizenship is in heaven. We are citizens of another place. We are citizens of the land of glory. It is the fatherland, and it is the believer's homeland. Amen. And I'm telling you what, I'm looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. I'm looking for the soon return of the captain of our salvation where he gathers his own from the north, south, east, and west. Amen. Now, I want you to pull that up real quickly, if you would, Philippians 3.20 in the Amplified Version, because it very clearly states what we're talking about. It says in Philippians 3.20 in the Amplified, it says, For our citizenship, our home, our commonwealth, our land, our homeland is in heaven. Amen. And so that's where we get the title, Homeland Benefits. Just as the Romans, now notice there, we're citizens of the state commonwealth, the home, our homeland, which is in heaven. And so just as the Romans were blessed and had benefits, how many of you know that our benefits are way out beyond theirs? And we looked at Psalms 103 verses 1 through 5, and I'm just going to say this by way of review. But the psalmist said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless you, Lord, and I refuse to forget any of your benefits. There are benefits from our homeland that impact us on the earth today. Then he went on to list (coughs) what some of those benefits were. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Thank God for the remission of sins. Thank God we're not on our way to hell. We're going somewhere. I said we're going somewhere. We're just passing through. Amen. And we're going to bring as many people as we possibly can with us. And then he goes on to say, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. It doesn't matter what disease you might be facing. Surely he bore your sicknesses and carried your pains. And by his wounds and by his bruise, we are healed. Amen. So he forgives our iniquities. He heals all our diseases. Uh, And then the next verse, I believe, says... Who redeems thy life from destruction. That word redeemed there is in the continual sense in the Hebrew. 
In other words, there isn't anything the devil can't throw at you that your Redeemer hasn't already seen ahead of time and provided a way out. There's no temptation taking you but such as is common demand. Hey, if it shows up in your life, you can whoop it. There ain't nothing too big for our God. I said if it shows up on the radar of your life, you can take the name, the blood, and the word and whoop it. Glory to God. So, by the words of my mouth, by the words of his lips... I have kept myself from the paths, the path of the destroyer. That's what the psalmist said. So, he redeems your life from destruction. He crowns us, in other words, surrounds us with loving kindness. The word loving kindness means favor, it means goodwill, and it means goodness. Listen, friends, in the realm of the Spirit, you need to understand that you have been surrounded by the goodness of God. You have been surrounded by the favor of God. And when you're walking in Him, in fellowship and in right standing with Him, everywhere you go, you can expect His favor and His goodness to show up in the landscape of your life. For the Lord is good. And His mercies, what do they do? They endure forever. And ever and ever and ever. And so He's crowning you. He's crowning us with loving kindness and tender mercies. And then it goes on to say, He redeems my life and instruction, crowns loving kindness, tender mercies, so that my youth, so that my youth, so that, hey, the outward man may be getting a little old. But on the inside, we're getting very bold. Hallelujah. (laughs) Yeah, we are. Bolder and bolder. And bolder and bolder we go. As we follow the goodness of the Lord. Hallelujah. We're operating in the Spirit. Amen. So, He's renewing your life. Just like the eagles. And that is so important that you get that in your mouth by believing and speaking. You see, people literally talk themselves into an early grave. They talk themselves into things had they not spoken over a number of years, they never would have arrived at that place. So say it with me, He's renewing my life. He's renewing my youth, just like an eagle. Hello, eagles. Hello, eagles. Hello, eagles. Woo, glory to God. Hallelujah. You know what those eagles do? Those eagles spread their wings. And they let the Moseketa Lama Sanda, they let the winds, hallelujah, in the natural realm, take them up above the storm. Woo, 
glory to God, you may be facing some winds. You may be facing some trials. Eagles, spread your wings and let the wind of the Holy Spirit take you up and cause you to be raised up above the storms of life. Amen. And so those are benefits. And now the next benefit that we want to talk about is security. And we define the word security as freedom from danger. We define the word security as being safe and being well protected. We also discovered that to be secure means to be confident. In other words, it means to approach life with great assurance and great boldness and great confidence. So we are sure of this very thing. Listen, friends. He started a good work in you. And He's going to complete it. He's going to perform it until He returns. Amen? You and I, we are not insecure. You and me, we are the securest of the secure. Our uh, being accepted by the world system and being accepted by what the world says doesn't matter to us. Why? Because we are accepted in Christ Jesus to the praise of His glory. Now, we also discovered that to be secure means to be free from fear and to be free from anxiety. And I just want to quote a couple scriptures to you on that before we get to the mainstream of what we're going to speak tonight. You know what? God doesn't want you going around oppressed by the cares and the weights and the distractions of this life. The Bible says that we have the ability to cast all our cares on Him. Now why is that? Because He cares for us. So if you'll take your care and give them to Him, He will take His care, which is a different word in the Greek. It means His love. It means His blessing. It means His goodness on your life. God didn't want you carrying the cares of this life. Amen. Matter of fact, Paul said to the same church at Philippi, he says, be careful for nothing. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. But what are you going to do if you're not going to worry? In everything. By prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving. We're going to let our requests be made known unto God. And then he says, and the peace of God that passes all understanding is going to keep your heart, going to keep your mind in and through Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. So that's another benefit from your homeland. Now, we're going to talk a little while tonight on the benefit of security that keeps you and I safe. Everyone say, thank God. God. In the midst of turmoil, In in the midst of terroristic threats. We are kept safe by our homeland security. Oh, blessed be God. So let's talk about that just a little bit tonight. I want you to see and understand that at the heart of all terror, at the heart of everything that brings torment into a person's life, At the very root of it is the spirit of fear. The scripture says that fear brings torment into our lives. Does it not? 
How do the terrorists prey upon the people of this nation? They use fear. But God didn't give us a spirit of intimidation. But a spirit of power and a love and of a sound mind. Oh, glory to God. I am glad and so very happy tonight that the master terrorists of all terrorists has been stripped. The Bible says, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, He, Jesus, also likewise took part of the same, that through death He might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil, and then not only that, but deliver you, who were all your lifetime subject to bondage, you have been delivered. Everyone say, there is no more fear right here. For God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. Now, think a while with me about what type of security systems we have in the natural realm for protection. How many of you know that banks take security measures? Absolutely. I can remember Brother George bringing the offering years ago down there to Bank of the West, right after Brother Jerry Savelle had been here. And right when he got in there, there was a robbery. And I'll, I'll never forget that. But you know, there wasn't any fear, Brother George. Amen. Hallelujah. And not only that, God took that and restored that money to us even more than what we were going to deposit. Glory to God. But so banks now, they take great uh, measures, go to great extents, if you will, to protect their customers, first and foremost, and then also to protect their money. We have, and possibly you have, or we've had in the past, a home security system. Computers and places like that take great measures to protect their computers from viruses. They have the Norton antivirus. They have the McAfee antivirus. In this nation, this great nation that you and I live, the United States does its level best in its war on terror. The Homeland Department of Security, the security of Homeland Security, I'm telling you what, they're doing their very best. But how many of you know they fall short? But our God never falls short. I said our God never falls short. In fact, He has the best security system and it's from your homeland. And it's a benefit. And it protects us and keeps us safe. I want to preach a while tonight on Psalm 91. So I want you to look over there. I want to teach you tonight just a little while on how to activate God's security system. His security system has keys of activation. And that's what we're going to speak on for a while tonight. Amen. Number one, in verse one of Psalm 91, it says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide where? Under the shadow of the Almighty. 
Literally in the Hebrew, it is under the shade of El Shaddai. That's powerful. He says, I'm going to dwell in the secret place of the Most High. The Most High God. So, one of the keys to activating and to make sure that you are the safest of the safe in the midst of perilous times is we must dwell in His secret place. We must not be fooling around. We must not get one foot in the world and have one foot in the kingdom. This is not a day to ride the fence. This is a serious time. And this is a serious day in which you and I live. So it pays rich dividends to activate His protection by being a dweller. Not just by occasionally dropping by. But being a dweller. Being one who is vitally united to Him. And I couldn't help but sense this morning as I was given the altar call that perhaps there was someone's life that was in the balance. And I felt as though I knew who it was. And I I might be wrong and, you know, I don't operate in total wisdom or the word of knowledge all the time. But I'm telling you, when God starts speaking to you about your salvation, don't take it lightly. When God starts speaking to you, even though you're saved, about making some adjustments in your life, don't take it lightly. You see, part of honoring Him is taking heed to Him and listening to Him and then doing what He says. See, dishonor means to lightly esteem or to not value. We live in a society that lightly esteems the things of God. We are paying right now for the rebellion of the 60s and the 70s. There was so much dishonor for parents and so much dishonor for government that those in the 60s and the 70s who are now parents have no idea of what it is and have never modeled it to the generation under them. I am speaking in general terms, not necessarily the church, but it can creep into the church. I'm telling you, we need some mind renewal on what honor is. Honoring the Lord by taking heed to what He's saying to your spirit. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High. So as we honor Him, we are esteeming Him. And you know what the Father says to those who do honor Him? He says, if, this is a condition. Everyone say if. He says, if you will honor me. He says, I will reciprocate. And I will sure enough honor you. I I don't think that we've really, really understood the full meaning and the full impact of what it means not only to honor Him, but to have Him honor us. Oh, man. He can increase our influence here at Heart of the Bay. 
He can cause us to reach beyond the borders of California into the nations of this world. He can increase the impact you have in your family on the job. We serve a God who honors his people when he honors, when they honor him. And he said, look, he said, if you'll honor me, I'm going to honor you. And one of the chiefest ways that he honors his people is with his presence. I'm okay, stay I'd rather have the presence of God on me for five minutes than the state of California in my back pocket. Hallelujah. I'd rather have His anointing on me than all the money in the world. Because in His presence there comes a fullness. There comes a fulfillment that quite frankly this world cannot give. It doesn't have it to offer. Listen, friends, this world did not bought, buy and pay for your deliverance. It came from your homeland. Hallelujah. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. So be a dweller. Be not only a hearer, but a doer of the word. So he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. He's going to abide under the shadow of El Shaddai. Now here is the second way that you activate God's security system. Read the next verse. I will say. I will say of the Lord. He is my refuge. You are my fortress. My God in him. I lean and rely. And in you I confidently trust. Is it important what we say? And then he goes on to say, for then, after we have declared, for then he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler. I'm reading from the Amplified. And from the deadly pestilence. Then he will cover you with his feathers. And under his wings you'll trust and you'll find refuge. And his faithfulness will be a shield and a buckler to you. And you will not be afraid of what? Of the terror of the night, nor of the arrow, the evil plots that sl- and slanders of the wicked that flies by day. And he goes on to say all these different things that we will not be afraid of, but it comes by dwelling and it comes by declaring, He's my refuge. He's my fortress. He's my security. Now notice what he says in verse 7. He says, Now a thousand may fall at your side. And ten thousand may fall at your right hand. But this is what you need to get in your heart and in your mouth. But praise God, it's not coming near you. Try that one on for size. How's that fit? But praise God, it's not coming near me. It ain't coming near me. And then in verse 8 he says, Hey, I'm doing pretty good reading without my glasses. Glory. Homeland optician. Okay. Verse 8. Only a spectator shall you be, but yourself will be inaccessible in the secret place of the Most High as you witness the reward of the wicked one. Now notice, he says, because you have made the Lord your refuge by declaring it, 
And the Most High, your dwelling place. Do you see how those two go together? This is an activation of his security system. Because you've done this. He said, if you do it, here's what will happen. And then when you do it, he said, because you did. Because you did. Because you have. In verse 10, read it with me. Say it strong. There shall no evil befall you, nor any plague or calamity come near your tent. Your tent's your apartment. Your tent, if you're driving down 880, is your car. Your tent, if you're going to work on BART, is BART. It ain't coming near your tent. Now, I love verse 11. For, because you've done these things, he's going to give his angels special charge over special people. He's going to give his angels charge over his workmanship. Hallelujah. He has an investment in you. Deposits have been made in the soil of your heart, many of you, for years and even decades. The investments that he has made in you are precious. And now it's a time for him to reap on the deposits that he's made in his church. And he will do so by the glory of the Lord flowing through you and flowing through me and us arising strong in this last day to do the will and the plan of God. Hallelujah. He's made some investments in you. He's nurtured you. He's nurtured you and nourished you up in the words of faith for years and years and years. It's time now. It's time now. Amen. That's what the Holy Ghost is saying. Oh, glory to God. Don't waste it. Esteem it. Nurture it. Say, here I am, Lord. Send me. Use me. I'll speak a word in season to those that are weary in heart and in soul. For he will give his angels. How many of you believe in angels? And they're not the Hollywood type of angels. They're not the fat Cupid babies. No, his angels are big. One time we were praying in a basement in Wilmer, Minnesota, and Annette Caseman, she was just a little girl there. This is before I met Brenda. And we'd have, I think, Tuesday night or Wednesday night intercessory prayer meeting, and we went after it, just a handful of us. And Annette saw in the spirit, she saw a big angel standing right by me. She said he was big, he was tall, he was strong, and he looked like Mr. Clean. Maybe he was there to clean me up. I don't know. <laughs> Lord knows I needed it. But God has assigned to you an angel. And angels. Plural. For they are ministering spirits. Those who have been sent forth. Sent forth from your homeland. Whoo! Glory to God. 
God. Hey, shatalabasata. <laughs> They've been sent forth from our fatherland to minister for you and for me. Because you and I, quite frankly, we're not only His workmanship made in the image and likeness of God, but we're heirs of God. And we're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. The angels of the Lord, the Bible says, encamp around about those that fear Him. Do you reverence Him tonight? Because you make Him your dwelling place. And because you declare on a regular basis who He is to you. The Bible says He gives His angels special charge over you. Now notice this. To accompany. When you came to church tonight, three demons did not follow you. Unless you're given to them. And if they did follow you, they left at the front door. So, charge over you to accompany, and I love this, and defend and preserve you in all your ways of obedience and service. Friends, there is authority in faith-filled words. Look with me quickly to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm, I'm dealing with some different glasses tonight. The man of God slept on the other ones. <laughs> I tried to wear them today. <laughs> they went under the power, but, but not the power of God. Now, I have a few things I just want to say to you tonight about the spirit of faith. Okay, And next Sunday, Lord willing, we're going to talk about the weapons of mass destruction that are a part of our homeland security system. But I find that if I try to give people too much, I hurry through it. And you know what? I tell you, 35, 40 minutes is good when you're getting it. Amen? Now listen very carefully. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13 and 15. Now, this is something that we already have if we're born again. In verse 13 of 2 Corinthians 4, we having, not trying to get, we having the same spirit of faith. Now, how does the spirit of faith demonstrate itself? According as it is written. Read the rest with me. I believed, therefore have I spoken we also believe and therefore speak. Man, that's powerful. If you are going to function in the unction and in the spirit of faith and overcome the spirit of intimidation and the spirit of fear, you must get in this word, believe it, and then speak it. And a sharp two-edged sword will come out of your mouth and will move mountains and will cut the devil where he needs to be cut. Amen. Now listen to these few phrases on the spirit of faith. The principles of faith are taught. Right? 
Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word. Okay? Faith comes by hearing, literally, and hearing and hearing and hearing, and hearing by the what? Word of God. Did you know the word, word there is rhema? Faith will certainly come as you hear us teach and preach the Word of God. Will it not? But it will also come as you hear yourself speak out consistently what you know to be true in your heart and what you believe. I highly recommend you to be a speaker of the Word of God. I highly recommend that you hook your speaker up with your spirit. Hook your speaker up with your spirit. Your voice is your address in the realm of the spirit. It is the voice of faith by the spirit of faith speaking with the unction of Christ that moves mountains. And that activates, oh, so much, so much. And as I said earlier today, there is a channel that Christians get stuck on. There's the channel of doubt, the channel of unbelief, the channel of worry. It's time to switch channels and to get over to the spirit of faith and the channel to which God can move in your life. Now, so this, the principles of faith are taught. But the spirit of faith is caught. You can sit for years and years and years in a church and hear the word and hear the word and hear the word and say, Oh my, wasn't pastor funny today? Wasn't pastor anointed today? Wasn't PT good last week? Awesome, great, wonderful. But it ain't about us. It's not about us getting more knowledge. And I am not against having knowledge. But the the, the, uh, principles of faith are taught. But listen, the spirit of faith, what is it? It's caught. That's what Brenda and I got at Ramah. That's what we got down there. That's what Brother George and... Sister Terry got at Raymond. That's what Tony got at Raymond. That's what you're getting right here. Pastor Tom and Kimberly never went to Raymond, but they got it, baby. I said they got it. I don't know which one he is, a Joshua or a Caleb, but it don't matter. He got the spirit of faith. You can tell by how a man or a woman carries themselves. Confidently. Boldly, reverently. And so thank God for the principles of faith that are taught. But make sure you get around men and women that have it in operation for more years than you have had it and have had more breakthroughs than you have had and you too will catch the spirit of faith. According as it is written. I believed. Therefore... Have I spoken? Tony, you got the spirit of faith. You got the spirit of faith for souls. Glory to God. Raul, you got the spirit of faith, brother. You got the spirit of faith for missions. 
Well, glory to God, Jimmy, Sabrina, the whole Richardson family. They got the spirit of faith not only in song, but they got the spirit of faith to move mountains and whatever stands in their way. Oh, glory to God. Listen. And the spirit of faith, it's contagious. I don't care what people say about the message of faith. People can talk all day long about the message of faith is is not valid and it's over with. No, the message of faith is still valid today. For if faith was not valid today, there would be no such a thing as salvation. Because we are saved by grace through faith. It's not of ourselves. It is the gift of God. So it's contagious. And that's what I want you to guys to get here on Wednesday nights. We're going to be talking about the manifestations of the Spirit. I know as a pastor, I need to come up some notches. And if I need to come up, we all need to come up. Let's all come up together. I said, let's all come up together. Faith will come by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. But not only that, we're going to pray and we're going to believe. Glory to God. And God's showing up in everything we do. Amen. So the spirit of faith, it's contagious. It is more than a formula. It's like fire in the spirit of a man. You tell them there's no way. It's, it just eggs you on. That's all there is to it. You tell them you can't have it. Oh, yeah. Hide and watch. Now, I do not mean that arrogantly. And I do not mean going after things and stuff that's outside of the boundaries of God's plan for your life. But I found out that His boundaries are pretty big. (laughs) Glory to God. So, let's say this once again. That it is more than a formula. It is like a fire in the realm of the Spirit. Now, the door to supernatural results, do you want them? I want them. The door to supernatural results, could be your marriage, could be whatever, it has one knob, and that knob is on your side. We are not waiting on God. God is waiting on us to open the door and to activate the spirit of faith. So the door to supernatural results has one knob and it's on your side. Amen? And the door to supernatural results, listen very carefully, swings on two hinges. That's what Dad Hagen said. The door to supernatural results, it swings on two hinges. You know what it is? Believing and speaking. I believe. Therefore, have I spoken. Glory to God. And here's what the spirit of faith will do. Spirit of faith is not arrogant. The spirit of faith is reverent. But the spirit of faith has a voice. And it is a voice that must be heard. 
The devils tremble at the written word spoken. When Jesus pulled out the sword and said it is written on three occasions in Matthew chapter 4, the Bible says that the devil left him for a season. He gave us the example of speaking the word of God. Listen to this statement in closing. The spirit of faith will always announce the outcome in the middle of adversity. The spirit of faith will always announce the outcome. I'm coming out. I said, I'm coming out. And I'm coming up. It may not look like it, but I'm announcing to you, sirs, devils, demons, and evil spirits, I'm coming out. I'm coming out of debt. I'm coming out of disease. Because from my homeland, heaven, he has provided the benefit of having the God kind of faith that removes mountains and causes devils to run. Stand up, everybody. Let's thank him for his word tonight. Pastor Tom, come on, help me. Glory to God. Woo, glory. Hallelujah.